There will be spoilers ahead. Lots of spoilers, so be careful, won't you? Okay, we have to cast this movie. It's a very important movie, and if we get it just right, it'll blow the lid off corruption, graft, and violence in the government. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Seriously, this is a film Hollywood is going to be afraid to release. We have to make people upset, tense, uncomfortable. It's our job to bring this stuff to light. So, for the Secretary of Defense, I can't see anyone else but Patton Oswalt. I mean, his name's Patton, and that just screams military, right? Sure. Okay, the First Lady. Hmm, this is a tough part. We need gravitas, a hint of gloom. I know, Kathleen Madigan. Yeah. There you go. Oh, I hope she's free. Genius. Yeah, all right, the big part. The President himself. Yeah. We need strength, presence. Big stuff. Is Bobcat Goldthwait too busy, do you think? Or maybe oh. Kevin Hart. No, no, no. Let's bend things a little. That will mess with them. We have to get Sarah Milliken. Perfect! That is an all-star cast, and we can't settle for less on Max Mike Movies. We're talking conspiracy in this series, and really, what conspiracy film is bigger, more controversial, louder than Oliver Stone's JFK. I certainly don't know one, but I know someone that might. That's my co-host, Max. I didn't do it! Levine, testify, Max. Uh, just hanging out here on the grassy knoll, not doing anything. Nope, not me. <laughs> Hoodly-doo. And me, Doom. I'm that other guy in the studio, Mike. Oh, yes, you did. Loose. We have got one hell of a show for you today. We haven't even made it yet, and I still know it's going to be great. How do I know? How? Because we start with you and your answers to our... Last episode, we asked, what historical figure do you think has been the most badly portrayed in movies overall? We got some pretty cool answers, and these are they. Jamie Kleinert was up first with Salieri. Amadeus did him dirty. He sure did. Thanks, Jamie. Yeah, yeah. Dave? Can I get a Dave? Dave. So sad. Sorry, damn. Damn, Dave. Dave, can I do another take? All right, one more time. Dave. Dave. <laughs> Thank you, Tiny Tim. Back from <laughs> silence offered, quote, I feel sorry for bold Sir Robin. Not the greatest of Arthur's knights, but not as cowardly as he's portrayed <laughs> Wait, in film and in song, end quote. How bold was he really? We'll never know, at least not from Holy Grail. Thanks, Dave. Dr. Rebecca Pelkey gave us Pocahontas which is a very, very good choice indeed. No kidding. I think she might be the most smeared real person never to have been given a good depiction in film. Thank you, Becca. (laughs) Tyler Stewart postered Napoleon. I pointed out that there was a very famous silent film made in France in 1927, which was supposed to be pretty decent, and he came back with links to a series made in Canada in 2002 that was also supposed to be pretty good, but then he also noted, quote, Hollywood hasn't done Napoleon well, end quote. And in that, he is correct. Thanks, Tyler. Uh. Val Coons, who is a person in things, said, quote, Ooh, Genghis Khan is a good one. That would have been my go-to. I think I'll think upon this and add, end quote. Given a moment or two, she wrote, quote, I thought about this topic a little more and came up with Nero. He didn't fiddle while Rome burned, though he was an awful emperor. Though that's all you ever see. And for gosh sake, stop allowing white women to play Cleopatra, end quote. Cleopatra, indeed. (laughs) Egyptians tend to be shown rather, um, 
white in Hollywood. <laughs> pale in Hollywood. Pale. Yeah. They're Thanks, very Val. pale. Kelly Cooper posted, quote, Vlad Dracul, mostly joking. Mostly, end quote. Dracul! And yet, she has a good point. Yeah. Thanks, Kelly. Yeah. Steve Kellner came up with, quote, Richard III, yeah. Shakespeare's play, while a ripping good show, I love Ian McKellen's fascist reinterpretation, was entirely propaganda-based, end quote. Seems the Bard has a lot to answer for, and not just with that play. Well, it wasn't really entirely his fault. A lot of the history about Richard III was kind of, uh, well, ri you know, written by the winners, as they say. Yeah, yeah, kind of leaned one way, if you know what I mean. <laughs> the leg. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Steve. <laughs> Dan Schaefer posits, quote, any of the dozens or hundreds of historical figures of color who were whitewashed in casting, and non-historical figures as well. I'm looking at you, Joel Gray, as Chun in Remo Williams' The Adventure Begins, end quote. Chun oh, isn't exactly a historical ouch. figure, but yeah. bringing up whitewashing in a negative light is always a good thing. Thanks, Dan. From the website, Snowy, that's Vince in Cantonese, commented, quote, Pocahontas really gets to me, especially the Disney movie. I was mortified when I saw it. Most depictions of Native Americans are pretty horrendous throughout the years. I could say Vlad Tepish, I guess. They always use him when they want to add, quote, historical fact, end quote, to Dracula. But as it turns out, he wasn't the inspiration for Dracula. Stoker used his Dracul title. Max, can I get a Dracul? Dracul! Thank you. Because he thought it sounded right, but knew nothing about him and based the characters on several other sources. His life was pretty interesting, but he wasn't ever suspected of being a vampire, end quote. Ha! He brings in two good answers and buffers both Kelly and Becca. Good show. Good Possibly show indeed. Thanks, Vince. <laughs> Thanks, Vince. Who do you work for? I believe he's self-employed. Ah. How about you, Max? This was my question, so you certainly have an answer ready. But <laughs> you're really on okay. the ball this week, you, aren't you? You want to know who, who bugs me? So, one of the big historic ones that bugs me? Jesus. Yes. Really? Yeah. You know why? Because they make him look like one of the Bee Gees. <laughs> this guy was born in Palestine. He was probably short, dark-skinned, big honkin' nose, <laughs> greasy dark hair, he, um, yeah. You're quoting Frankowski, the Eternal Warrior. He <laughs> wasn't wrong. <laughs> There's deeper. We can have another deeper yeah. week like last yeah, week. I think okay. we might. That, that's, Stay one, tuned. That, that's one of mine. Uh, there, there's an awful lot. Yeah, honestly, the well, thing. We missed the big part, too. He was Jewish. And pretty much, mm, let's see, all of the actors who've played him ever in any big Hollywood production are, shall we say, um, not Jewish. Uh, Willem Dafoe isn't Jewish? I'm shocked. <laughs> I forget who played him in Last Temptation, but yeah. Uh, uh, Robert De Niro. Fred, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's uh, your, big, you, your big answer? You crucifying me? You crucifying me? <laughs> There's nobody else here. I must be. The hey, one. I'm hanging here. <laughs> That's Dustin Hoffman, but okay. It doesn't matter. Well, we're going to get with the Mohawk walking across the street and taxi driver. Isn't that him? Uh, no, that's De Niro again. That's but what I the, mean. That... Oh no, no. The the I'm walking here is from uh, Midnight Cowboy. Oh yeah, I never saw and it. Is that, that the game one? I've never seen all of it either. It's a it's very gloomy. That apparently, that scene was improv 
They oh. were actually, it was shot in New York. A cab driver ignored the uh, roadblocks, drove right through the shot, and dusted <laughs> off and whacks the hood of his car and yells, Hey, I'm walking here! And the director is like, Yeah! We're going to keep that. That's the most New York thing I've seen. <laughs> None of which has anything to do with this nothing, week's poll Nothing question. at all. Or Robert De Niro, for that or matter. Jesus. Or Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> Anybody else? Oh, me? You know what? Houdini. When I was a kid, I was big into magic, and I took classes. I gave a couple of performances. If you're one of the few people who saw me, I'm sorry. And no, there are no (laughs) refunds. Um, And I read some books about him, and I I watched that movie, which we did in a a series long, long ago. I'm sure sure he looked looked and sounded just like Tony Curtis. Yonder lies the magic of my father, the caliph. <laughs> Jamie Lee, how did you grow up so amazing? Seriously, uh, what did you do? But that that film bears, let's see, almost no resemblance to anything that happened in Houdini. Almost? Life. Yeah, that was, well, you know, as we yeah. talked about that. But uh, yeah, yeah I, this is one of, I mean, to be fair, I think he's had literally, let's see, one movie done about him. Oh, no, but, you forgot the one with Paul Michael Glazer. Oh, yeah, I never saw it. Was that Good. any... Uh, any okay but so, no let me put it this way the framing device is bill bixby yeah it no bill bixby oh the magician <laughs> no no he's a psychic but he was the magician you don't <laughs> remember a, that show oh yeah he solved crimes with yep. magic <laughs> <laughs> i remember the one episode he gets shot in an elevator in the head and he's okay because it's magic <laughs> f <Okay>. you <laughs> yeah. yeah so anyway that's another real real deeper anyway there is no way we are not going to have another poll question unless you stop answering them. Please don't stop. Yeah. We'd like to know, is there a movie you think is really good except for that one important miscast role? We want to know, and we'll tell you how we'll know at the end of the show. And we also Because want to thank we've you got your again. house bugged. We don't. If there's one thing that does not have a conspiracy, it's this show. (laughs) We haven't got enough budget for a conspiracy. True. Uh, But we do want to thank you for the answers you gave us. We love your answers. Always Seriously, thank you so much. But right now, we have to pause for station identification. The facts. Budget. Wait a minute. (laughs) $40 Take $205 Conspiracy. So, wonder why we didn't see JFK 2, the JFK inning. Well, you know, we could have. We might have seen an RFK film, but uh, we yeah, sort of see that in this film. He wasn't as interesting a person. I'm sorry. Well, he didn't have a chance, but anyway. Yeah. In a touch of too much realism, the location where Jack Ruby actually killed, or did he, Oswald, was used for filming the reenactment for this film. Ew. Oh, that creepy. movie theater where uh, yeah that movie theater where Oswald was arrested yeah, yeah that was the real thing too oh boy and uh, also the book depository and uh, Daily Deleuze <clears throat> because of this film some of the documents relating to the JFK assassination were released in 2017 12 years ahead of their initial release date huh. no makeup needed John Candy used actual real sweat in his portrayal of Dean <laughs> Andrews because he was so nervous at the idea of appearing in a serious role alongside actors like Costner and Oldman, he just sweated. Yeah. Oh, so that was his own sweat. Okay. Actual real John wow. Candy. Genuine. Except no, except no substitutions. Yeah, bottle it. As huge as this film is, it was filmed in a, only a little over two months. 
Wow. 70, 72 days. Yep. Man. That super secret deep throat role played by Donald Sutherland, the real person, L. Fletcher Prouty, was at one point the chief of special ops for the Joint Chiefs of yeah. Staff and a technical advisor for Stone on this movie. X, the character he plays there, and Garrison never met in real life, though the information was discovered as portrayed. They did uh, exchange letters. Yeah, but they never actually met. And uh, speaking of Prouty, he was uh, he was never assigned to presidential security, and a number of those security requirements, such as no open windows that are totally in the manual, are, in fact, not in the manual. Should be. In one of many acts of fiction, Jim Garrison's speech was not based on reality. Garrison never went on in such a way during the trial. I was, I have to say, when I'm watching that, it's like, wow, this is very moving. I don't think you could get away with that kind of speechifying in the middle of a trial. Tell me a trial film where you didn't see the la the person's yeah. ending closing arguments that weren't this giant. And I got to say, having been in as a juror and as a witness in trials, I'll tell you, it don't work like that. Yeah, <laughs> It's a yawn fest. Anyway, the three tramps, those three mysterious hobos arrested and never officially recorded, included the father of a rather famous Hollywood actor. The youngest tramp was Charles Harrelson, father of Woody. Uh, Yikes. Coincidence? <laughs> it, uh, sure. <laughs> this is Oliver Stone's favorite of his own films. In a very strange twist, Walter Cronkite believed that there wasn't a shred of evidence as depicted in this film. Huh. Which I find very interesting. An odd couple no more. <laughs> this is the only film with Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau where they don't actually appear together. Yeah, it's so it was so odd to just, oh, look at that. There's Walter Matthau. And he's gone. And there's Jack Lemmon, and he'll be back. Yep. But without Walter Matthau. Yep. Strangely, James Woods wanted very much to play Garrison in this movie and wanted it to be more about Garrison's personal life and not as much about the investigation. Stone said he wanted to focus more the other way and gave the part to Costner, regardless of what actually ended up happening in the finished film. Because of the sheer number of well-known actors in this film, it is generally disallowed in official games of Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. The oh. other such film <laughs> is what? Animal House, which both of which star Donald Sutherland. Coincidence? Coincidence? <laughs> That's not fair. KFK is, makes a, is, is such a great uh, one to use for Six Degrees. Uh, Max, I honestly <sighs> think if we look into this far enough, we will find... Both you and I are in JFK. <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah, speaking of Kevin Bacon, his character, Willie O'Keefe, wasn't a real person, but based on a straight-sexed Perry Russo, who claimed he had never met Clay Shaw. That is, until they put him under the effects of sodium pentothal and hypnotism. Jim Garrison. <clears throat> because of his unreliable testimony, the jury came back with its verdict less than two hours later. The real Jim Garrison appears in this movie as Judge Earl Warren. Oh, boy. And I mistook him for Jack Elam. Uh, <laughs> to live like the Elam. To, to be feel like, like the Elam. <laughs> yeah. Stone felt personally very affected by the JFK assassination and bought the rights to Garrison's books with his own money. After questioning Garrison for three hours, his take on the whole thing is summed up with this quote. Quote, Garrison made many mistakes. He trusted a lot of weirdos and followed a lot of fake leads. But he went out on a limb, way out. 
way out, way out. That's what we're going <laughs> to. And he kept going even when he knew he was facing long odds, end quote. A very interesting quote, but we'll get to that later. And likely a whole lot more, but if we continue, we won't have any show. Max, do you have any uh, trivia you'd like to uh, put in here before we get to the plot? Nope, I think it'll just sort of be integrated. Okay. It's 1966 or so, and Jim Garrison, district attorney for New Orleans, played by Kevin Costner, just can't believe the recently released Warren Report's conclusion that Lee Harvey Oswald alone, all by himself, killed President Kennedy. Since there are people in his very district that are connected to the plot, he opens up an investigation of his own, the only one actually done at the time relating to the assassination. He follows trail after trail as it snakes this way and that, though his main lead seems to be a local businessman, Clay Shaw, played by Tommy Lee Jones in a poodle. Sorry, <laughs> just a wig. Wearing a poodle, yes. The more he looks into things, the less they make sense compared to the Warren report. Physics tell him that one gunman from the angle Oswald was supposedly at could not have done the damage seen. There were tons of witnesses to gunshots coming from the grassy knoll, and Kennedy, after the final shot, flew back. And to the left. Where? Back. And to the left. Which way? Back. And to the left. His family life falling apart, Garrison has to decide whether to pursue his case based on a huge pile of off-the-record interviews and scant testimony, or let it go and save his marriage. It finally comes down to his trying Clay Shaw on being complicit with the CIA, and, should that verdict come in guilty, will prove that the assassination is anything but a simple lone gunman theory. Will Garrison prove his fact? Or is he just an obsessed truth-seeker trying to peddle a different set of facts? Only Oliver Stone knows for sure. The film! Or does he? No. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, I want to start off with this saying, you know, Oliver Stone, this was back when you might very well choose to go see a movie because of its director. There were certain directors. Yeah. Coppola is obviously another one where it's yep. like, oh, Spielberg. what has he got to say? I'm sorry? Spielberg. People Spielberg. would say, oh, a new Spielberg movie. The thing I'll say about Spielberg, and I'll give him credit for this, is that his subject matter is so across the board that he's a lot less focused in a way, because it's like, well, we have, oh, sure, I want to see E.T. How about Schindler's List? Oh, <laughs> um, I'll wait on that one. Yeah. And that's not saying it's a bad film. It's just subject no, matter-wise. It's just very, it's, it, you like go, the guy who made E.T. did this? Color purple, or do you want to see Close Encounters? I, okay. Um, catch Me If You Can which is actually, I think, a really fun film. I don't think it's his best, but I actually really enjoy that film. Or, I can't, I keep, he did Jurassic Park, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, one, yeah. he's all over the place. But yeah, this was back when you used to go, oh, what is this director going to do? And we don't see that so much anymore, I don't think. Unless you can yeah. think of somebody. I'll take that as a no. <laughs> well, I think J.J. Abrams, people want to do that. Like, oh, it's a J.J. Abrams film. I want to see what that, or, you know, yeah. the, the late Penny Marshall. People wanted to see, would uh, say, oh, new Penny Marshall. Or, oh, um. Opie. God, <laughs> Wes Anderson. Oh, yeah, Wes Anderson's probably a biggie. And, and, sadly, Tim Burton. Yeah, Tim Burton. We won't be doing a series yeah. on him anytime soon. <clears throat> but uh, that's or just personal. will we? No. That's just personal <laughs> preference. If you like Tim Burton, that's, that's cool. But if you'd like but, to write us. But speaking of, of Oliver Stone. Yeah. Um, so this was obviously a pet 
project of his in that it was something that he felt personally affected by. Um, and without, I don't want to get to the how good a film it was or anything, because we usually leave that till the end. I will say that he, it's pretty obvious that he gives this film his all. Would you, would you agree with that? I anyway? would. He throws himself into this hard. And somehow does not appear in the film because everybody else does. And wow, the cast. Now, to be fair, oh most of the cast has five lines or less. Everyone, yeah, people, some of these folks are on screen for like one scene, but you're just going, holy crap, there's Ed Asner. Good Lord. And Lee okay, Harvey Ed Oswald As is Gary freaking Oldman, which yeah. I did not know the first time I saw this. I, I was watching it this time. I was like, hey, is that, oh, good Lord, it's Gary Oldman. Yeah, well, I want to say one of his biggest roles up to this point may have been Sid Vicious, um, oh, okay. which is also utterly unbreaking. Well, that's yeah. what I love about Gary Oldman is that unless you know him, you can no easily forget it's him. Yep. And he's sadly not on screen very much, but when he is, he's magnetic in a very subtle way. Ed Asner, though, surprised the crap out of me. Now, I knew when he got his best well-known role as, as uh, Lou Grant on the Mary Tyler Moore show, he was not known as a comedic actor. He was known for playing the heavy and stuff, yeah, but I'd he never was, seen him. He was scary characters, like in Rear Window. But in this, he's scary. He's <laughs> menacing. Sinister. Yikes. Yeah. He is. Uh, he is mm. And he's, and, boy, he's got to be in his 70s or close to his 70s by that point. Um, but he still has this incredible physicality, this real physical... He's very overwhelming, you know. He yeah. just, he's you get the feeling, yes, this man could hurt me. Well, and it feels like because his it's, his scenes are pretty much with um, Jack Lemon for the yeah. most part, and he's drunk, and Jack Lemon is more or less an innocent in that he works in in Ed Asner's office, and Ed Asner's it turns out is a very far right wing. Um, member of some sort of group that seems to be wanting to literally go over and take over Cuba, but whatever. And he is accused by Ed Asner having gone through the files. Well, it turns out that he hasn't gone through the files. It's just that's where Ed Asner's character leaves his booze, and Jack Lemmon's character likes to get free booze. But it looks like, and I believe, Ed Asner at any moment could lift Jack Lemmon over <laughs> his head and break him. Yeah, yeah. And Joe Pesci is in this. Yeah. And Joe Pesci, he first of all, that hairpiece. <laughs> and to be, and I couldn't it, tell which to look at, the wig or the eyebrows. Yeah, the, the eyebrows, which appear to have been sharpied on. Yeah. And the hairpiece, by the way, is a hairpiece. The character, not just the actor, the character is wearing a wig. But the problem is we don't know this till he... Spoiler dies, and well, we we're see him pretty called. sure. I mean, you look at it. I was I, I, even at one point when he's he's running his fingers through his hair. You can see it move. But that's later in the in the yeah, movie. That's Much later. It's actually just before he dies. And also, there are scenes in that film where he's talking, and at some points, the wig is forward, almost touching his eyebrows. Yeah. And other scenes, it, it's like the, there's just. I bad thought clips. we were. I figured we were supposed to. But most he's a very different character, except when he's losing his crap. And yeah. then he's turning into the character from uh, Goodfellas. Yeah, I see. I haven't seen Goodfellas. Yeah. I mean, but Joe Pesci's a great actor. He um, is terrific, and, and he, he's really good. He brings an incredible sense of intensity and just oh, yeah. and just barely leashed madness to it. And apparently, the real guy was known for being kind of off the wall and yeah, um, yeah very spur of the moment decision making yeah. kind of yeah. yeah. Um, Tommy Lee Jones. 
and the poodle. <laughs> <laughs> that that hair, yikes! I, I don't know what's going on. The wigs in this film. There's a few people wearing wigs. They're not and explaining they're the wigs. No, they're terrible. Terrible wigs. And Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones. And to be fair, I have actually met him, and he actually just has that presence. Yeah. But he has an actual uh, a part where he's supposed to be this no well known businessman who is secretly gay. And um, also secretly goes by somebody who has the same first name as the person that he's not. <laughs> yeah, but what, okay. yeah, Clay Bertrand versus yeah. Clay uh, whatever. Shaw. Yeah. yeah. And he's a, uh, a, a homosexual, which is a bad thing in the 60s. And uh, that's, of course, not supposed to be known about, except it turns out everybody downtown in New Orleans knows that he's the, the two and the same people. One it's an open person. secret, yeah. He does a good job. He's has yeah. a, he has one of the bigger parts besides our lead um, and I think he does a very good job of having, because there's this, there's points where you can tell he's nervous. He thinks he's actually going to go down for some of the stuff he's, he's accused of. And then of course things don't turn out the way that, uh, well, Mr. Garrison hopes they would, Mr. Garrison. Mr. Garrison. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Hat. Yeah, that's, I couldn't help but think of that. Um, we get some really interesting choices. So we get Walter Matthaus in there, too. He's in there for five seconds. He does perfectly fine. He's Senator Long, and he does a nice job at it. Then. Yeah, yeah, perfectly fine. Jack Lemon again, he's, uh, Jack Lemon's fine. Yep, he yep. does a good job there. Um, and then there's some choices like, oh, Brian Doyle Murray is Jack Ruby. That was a strange choice, except if you look at pictures of Jack Ruby, you're going, eh, it's kind of close. And yeah. I'm sorry, Brian Doyle Murray has that same feeling of just always being slightly greasy. Yeah. But he and also that like. Re that really fits because Ruby was a sleaze. He what, was a the huge, owner of the local titty bar. Was yeah, a sleaze. <laughs> huge sleaze bag. He was known for that. He was. He had ties to the local mob, and yeah. people who, if you read any of the interviews, people were like, "Yeah, every, they, every time you saw Ruby after you left, you just wanted to burn your clothes." Wow. Okay. I just to me, it's like he's so associated with comedy that it's just like it's really? it's jarring. It's the same with John Candy, yeah. uh, except. All I could think of is, why is he talking like the big bopper? Apparently that was, and apparently he looks just like uh, uh, Andrews, the character okay. he plays. I gotta say, John Candy, I think he does a better job than certain actors we're going to get to soon. I think he did really well he for did. us. He did. I thought he was really role. good in the part. I mean, he's only in like two scenes, maybe right. three. Well, he like, testifies. Like most people, but yeah. yeah. But he, I mean, he's in that sort of medium role size for this film because a lot of people even if they have screen time they don't actually show up as or they don't have as much to say uh like yondu uh, <laughs> and i'm sorry i don't i can't remember that actor's name I michael just, rooker I, thank you i just in my all my notes it's yondu oh what did yondu do <laughs> and of course who else do we have here as part of jim garrison's teams besides yondu we have newman <laughs> <laughs> yes wayne knight he does a nice job <laughs> he does fine um and let's see, who else is, is in there that's kind of weird? Um, well, there's that actor. I can never remember his name. He's in everything. He's got that real sort of Texas drawl. He's the guy with the kind of very long face. Mm, I never you, remember. You lost me on that one. Yeah. We get, and out of nowhere, I want to say a little bit more than halfway through the film, we suddenly get... Uh, Donald Sutherland, which I'm like, oh crap, is he gonna stab Garrison? Is he gonna? <laughs> <laughs> is he just gonna go? Ah! 
and it is the so alien hard for him form. not to be menacing, you know? He has been. Donald Sutherland Kent has done stuff where he's not menacing. I will, however, always Animal have Animal House, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, and there he's, he's creepy. Yeah. He's even creepy in Day of the Locust, where he plays a character it is impossible to take seriously because the character's name is Homer Simpson. <laughs> Don't. It predates the Simpsons by decades, but yeah. it's impossible when he introduces himself. It's impossible not to laugh. Well, but you know yeah, what? He, hmm? Go ahead. I'm sorry. He is. He usually has this really tangible sense of at any moment I might ram my ovipositor down your throat <laughs> and lay my eggs in your chest. But I'm not an alien. Oh, but and by I, the way, yeah, yeah. Um, I, Donald Sutherland, I don't think I've ever seen him where he was not good or just like, oh, crap. Um, there's a film I haven't seen since it came out. There's a film called Eye of the Needle in which he's really good. Never saw that. Yeah, it's a World War II film, and he's basically playing a uh, a boarder in some small house in England, and it turns out he's actually a German spy, and he's very frightening. He pulls also, I mean, he was he was uh, in bu- the movie Buffy the Vampire Slayer as uh, yeah. Malik, her original watcher. He can do funny. I mean, uh, Kelly's Heroes. You can again yeah. with the negative vibes, Moriarty. <laughs> He's hilarious. And, and we briefly get. I'm going to say maybe one of his best performances ever. Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon is really good in this. He's the most frightening gay man I've ever seen in movies. Yeah. He's. Like he's he's a f- offensively gay, and I don't mean like he he feels like he's the kind of gay guy who might rape somebody. <laughs> yeah, he is very is very aggressive, very in your face, very. He wants to be the dominant. You can tell, yeah. and in, in, in his top. <laughs> yeah, okay, but he also just in terms of socially, he wants to be the alpha. You can tell the pitcher. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. We try to teach a little here at Max Mike Movies. Yeah, apparently he said that this role actually re-jump-started his career, that it had started uh, to yeah. founder, and he got a lot it. more roles. And to be fair, uh, Kevin Bacon can actually be a good actor. Yeah, he can. He was in a lot of things, and not all of them were, shall we say, good. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of and there's tons of people. As I said, Jim Garrison shows up as uh, Jackie. I mean, as as <laughs> uh, Earl Warren. Um, we also get I mentioned in trivia. There's a guy named Perry uh, who is the real character that uh, Kevin Bacon's character. He shows up as a bit part oh, of this. Okay. So there's oh. actually a really interesting mix of people that were actually part of this that show up in the film. But there is there's this one big actor that we should probably talk about, and we may okay. disagree on this. Kevin Costner plays Jim Garrison, and he yeah. is front and center throughout this whole film. My first note, which is note number five in a long list of notes. Yeah, Costner, solid and dull, mostly emotionless. A lot I, of it, eh, I, I think that's part of the, the way is the way the character has been set up. And I, this, is all, this is very Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone... The bad guys are bad. The good guys are good. And good is boring. <laughs> That's the theory of Superman. <laughs> it's very Oliver Stone. It's also just the theory of narrative. The hero is almost, the heroic types are usually very dull. And this guy isn't given a lot of depth. The real Jim Garrison had a lot more. Yeah, I, Kat, Costner, I think, does what he can. 
But it's like, if you look at this and then you watch The Untouchables and you go, okay, what are the differences between Jim Garrison and Elliot Ness? The accent? About a year. Yeah. <laughs> That's apparently why Oliver Stone picked him. He liked him in Untouchables. Yeah. He does a good Not job in Untouchables. But again, in Untouchables, he's the most boring character because he's this, you know, white knight. Well, you're also right up against Sean Connery, and quite That's honestly... That's also a problem. Yes, you're <laughs> up against Sean Connery. And, well, he's never actually... I think he acts in one scene with De Niro most of the time, but... Yeah. It, but And I suppose you could make an argument for her, him being the cipher or the everyman character that we're supposed to project ourselves into. To a degree, into. yeah, yeah. I just found him uncompelling. And the problem is, when I've got somebody on the same set that I would much rather see in this part, Gary Oldman, I can't help but wonder what he could have brought to this role. Because Gary Oldman is not like an actor like Robert De Niro or Donald Sutherland, where they just instantly have this thing. Gary Oldman will do whatever is necessary. He's a chameleon, yeah. And he will melt into the role. And so as much... And as frighteningly as he looks like uh, uh, Oswald in this movie. Yeah, that's creepy. I would really much rather have seen him in this role. It might have worked. And on, but honestly, when he's at home with his wife, who is played by the criminally underused Sissy Spacek, yep. who talk about someone who gets nothing to do, considering yep. she's on screen a lot more than some of these other guys, I actually really felt for her... Be- talking about calling him out for being you're obsessed about this mm-hmm. and there are points where when he's talking he sounds like a conspiracy theory nut and just you kind of want to smack him just without the emotion yeah well like, i thought there was only some. finally gets going in his final speech i don't i don't agree with that i think he's when he he's getting up when he's fighting with her and he's saying he wants his kids to grow up in a you know, in a world where, where they don't have to worry about this sort of thing, and they want, where they don't have to be afraid of their government, I think there's some emotion there. <laughs> I think there's some emotion. <laughs> there, well, there is. He's playing it very understated, and he is playing him like a southern gentleman who doesn't get upset. Uh, yep, but let's face it, this is a fictional account, and we're going to get to that in a minute, too. And so... <laughs> Having seen now that the Judge Warren was actually um, not Jackie, but Jim Garrison, who apparently was six seven. Wow! Yeah. yeah. My okay. God, he was huge. I, I just don't see. And this is to be fair. This is something that I see in Kevin Costner's performances in. Um, let's think. Every of his movies, there's just not a lot there. Um. He never feels like he... I don't feel the kind of depth or the kind of passion through most of this film that I think we're supposed to see in the character. I think he's the weak spot, and unfortunately, he's the one with the most lines, and he's on the screen the most. I don't think he does... I think he does Kevin Costner just fine. I think, we di- I think we differ on this. I, I think he does it with a kind of quiet intensity. It's, he's not as good as... I think Oldman would have been a lot more interesting in, in this, but... Uh, I think a lot of people would have been a lot more interesting. I just don't think he's very... I think he's perfectly solid. He's just not very interesting. And for a film like this, you kind of want him interesting. <laughs> I, I did um, want to talk about the way the film is shot and just the visuals of it. Sure. I think it's really well done. Say what you will about Oliver Stone, and there's plenty to say. Mm. Uh, he's, he can be, he's really good at dramatic uh, cinematography. 
Mm-hmm. And I like the use of the archive footage mixed in with simulated archive footage. I mean, the no, stuff, the stuff we'll with get back old, to that too. But yeah, the stuff with Oldman uh, in the black and white, and the recreation of the famous part uh, scene where Oswald is shot by Ruby, mm-hmm. which, as someone pointed out, is like. Why did we watch? I think as Dennis Miller says, people say we were glued to the TV. We watched too much TV. We saw Lee Harvey Oswald shot live on TV. Of course, we're going to be glued. What's going to happen next? Yeah, uh, I think that is literally Brian Doyle Murray's only line, and he says, "Hey Ruby," <laughs> or not, "Hey Ruby," "Hey Oswald," and shoots him. him. I guess it's literally his only line. Otherwise, he's just seen in the background. Uh, um, he talks a couple of times in people's recollections or in the strip club. I think he has like a line or a word, but it's I true. It's one, of, it's one of the only really audible lines he has. I couldn't hear him over the titties flapping. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that was, you necessary. say that. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I think that, uh, one of the, I didn't put this in the, um, trivia, but one of the interesting things is he shot the film in three different media. So there was 35 millimeters, 16 millimeter. I forget what the other version of film was, which made editing really difficult. They basically had to put everything on videotape to edit it because they're three different sized films and then either blow things up or whatever necessary to make the final print. But he was really dedicated, you know, to getting that look like you're talking about. So the stock footage, who knows what that was shot on, you know, because it was probably all sorts of different formats. But then the main film is 35, but then there's parts that are shot in 16 to look like recreation, or not look like recreation, but to look like the original footage and stuff. Mm. I will also say, for the longest film in our show so far, three hours and eight minutes, depending on which version you want to watch, yes, there is a director's cut. Yes, that one I think is 35 hours. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, it's the ring cycle all over again. (laughs) But it is, I would say, pretty well paced. It is. It does not feel like three hours long. It it moves no. really well. That's Oliver Stone may be unsubtle, but he's not <laughs> dull. He, no. His his movies tend to move along. They tend to be dramatic. They draw you in, and then and he's then he sits on your lap and punches you in the head until you get the message. But anyway, back we'll get to, to the that. left and back. To the left. Yeah, I want to say that uh, my note was pacing is good, intricate, which this whole plot is. Yeah. But it's not confusing. I never felt no. like I was getting lost when he started introducing new people and aspects. Yeah. We we don't generally, and we'll get back to this, get a lot of expository dialogue. They seem to work themselves in, yeah. and we know who this person is and what their connection is. So I actually felt and this is also something we'll get back to, that I knew more about the Kennedy assassination after all having watched this film. And again, we'll get back to <laughs> Uh huh. <laughs> um, probably, probably now. <laughs> okay. So one of the things that's missing, I think, from the opening of the film, is any kind of disclaimer. So Max points out something very interesting, and then I did have a note about this, and that is that the he has a very interesting way of showing us a bunch of stock footage stuff we've probably seen before about the Kennedy assassination, and then he starts slipping in some of these recreations into the opening, which yeah. 
in the original theater, you might not have noticed as much. And to be fair, you want a few other angles on things or there's things that didn't get filmed because they happened in the moment. Uh, apparently, for example, there is no footage of RFK getting shot. It was all audio. Yeah. But they have footage right after he got shot. So they recreated the killing of RFK and then cut it in with the body and the people around it going uh, crazy and stuff. Um, the reason I, I have an issue with this lack of disclaimer at the beginning of the film or at the end of the film is that it comes off as if he's trying to say this is what really happened. He is. Well, he except said that. Except it, that the problem with that is, is that he knowingly has made stuff up in this film, including characters full cloth. So that uh, Willie character is not even a real person. Jim Garrison never met X. Now, admittedly, X is on the set and he can tell us stuff, but that's that's kind of big stuff that really did not happen. And because he doesn't say anywhere, though fictional, this is a presentation, blah, blah, blah. There's nothing in there. Yeah, but it's he's coming never, he's across never, as if it's all it, fact. And it's he's not. never presented it as a documentary. And Oliver Stone isn't a documentary filmmaker and no one would take it as a documentary. Oh, I think a lot of people took it as this is what really happened. That's a not the same. That's not the same thing as a documentary. But a lot of people do accept uh, because, and a lot of the stuff, the information he presents, maybe not the characters, but a lot of the information he he didn't make that up. I'm not saying it's accurate, but he wasn't the first person to say any of that stuff. Not no, a word of it. There was a lot of books that were read, some many, by him and some by his assistants. Many books were written about this. Many, many th theories had come up. And he, he just presented basically um, all of them. I, you know, there was, I didn't see one with space aliens, because I'm pretty sure okay. there's at least one with space <laughs> Excuse aliens. Excuse me. All of the ones that are, and I'll say it, credible. Because yeah. some of the stuff, okay, I, don't, I, I think we're going to have to address the elephant in the room. Mike? Do you think, from from what you know in this movie and everything else you've seen in your life, do you think Lee Harvey Oswald was a lone gunman? Do I think he was a lone gunman? Yeah. No. Mm. Do I think it was necessarily this giant government plot? There's literally yeah. no way for me to know. Yeah, I think that's a. I think that's the only reasonable uh, response to this because it's very clear. A lot of people have said this. Even the FBI has said this. He couldn't have made all those shots. Right. He couldn't have. There were too many people who heard four to six shots, and the Warren report said there were three. He, he was a me according to his military record, he was a mediocre shot at best, and the best rifleman in the world couldn't duplicate that. Yeah. Do I think this was this massive? No. I. You got to remember, this is the president of the United States who had pissed off some very unpleasant people, not just the military-industrial complex. The mafia was mad at him. The Cubans were mad at him, and he was like. Let's go to the most hostile state to me in the country, and I'm going to drive around in an open top car. Yeah, that wasn't a conspiracy. That was dumb. <laughs> yeah, if he could have borrowed the Pope mobile, everything would be different now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he has to keep pumping those little Pope legs. Pope to legs, keep it yes. Going. Yep, yep. Um, well, yeah. this goes to our talking points, which we can get through quickly because we yeah. kind of just went through them. What is the conspiracy in this film? I think that's in this the is title. the most <laughs> famous conspiracy in this country. Of yeah. course, yeah. 
And that is Oswald was not yeah. alone, and it was a plot to, to kill. He was JFK. a pat. He was a patsy. It was by uh, a whole lot of people. A massive conspiracy, a coup d'état. They use that right. term a bunch of times. Yep. Do we believe the conspiracy as depicted in this movie? Now, this is different than yeah. the question you yeah. just asked. So, Matt, yeah. do you believe the conspiracy as depicted? Not entirely. No. I think okay. there are some aspects, and it raises a lot of questions. I don't think anyone's ever explained the magic bullet no. to anybody. The back and to the left, by the way, has been explained. That's, oh, has it? They figured out stuff about ballistics and about neuromuscular response. If you are shot in the back of the head, you can, in fact, there might there would be a reason that your body would jerk back if the bullet exits the front. Mm. I don't remember, and it's kind of gross, the whole thing. Anyway, but it's not impossible. Well, luckily they showed us pictures from the autopsy and recreated Ugh. ones that we didn't have, because I'm yeah. real glad for that. Ew. Um, they did, in fact, lose Kennedy's brain. I'm sorry. That, I have to say that is in the movie. That is one of the hardest lines for to take seriously. Is he Garrison is making his big speech at the end? The president's brain has disappeared. Yeah. Doesn't that sound like a '50s science fiction movie? You mean like they saved Hitler's brain? Exactly. Uh, well, even weirder that they were thinking of saving it in the first place. I oh, didn't this would look that, great in the presidential library right I next to the Dickens volumes. I didn't know that was volumes. a thing you did. It's like, <laughs> all right, well, that president's dead. Let's pop the skull open-ish. Into the well, jar, bloop. You know, in a way, I didn't think about this, but it kind of makes sense because the Catholics are known, they have a history of saving bodily parts of no, things. That, that's mostly saints. usually bones. I don't think it's, it's not tissue. usually a brain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, the conspiracy is obvious. We know what that is. Yeah, Do I yeah. believe the conspiracy is depicted? Yeah. No. Did this cause some people to re-examine and, and reopen some things about this? possibly to the better sure yeah what the heck can be done about it even in 1991 when this film was released at this point i'm gonna say it certainly doesn't make our government any more transparent than it is before yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah and they were all upset that kennedy got elected because he was a catholic that was a bad thing Ooh, he's a <laughs> i wish that our current president's only problem was or the one before it his only problem oh, was he was Catholic. yeah yikes but um, i do have one other talking point i want to bring up and this sure. happens near the end of the film at one point costner breaks the fourth wall do you think do you remember that because um, basically he's doing his speech no. and how we all ha oh yeah it's a big thing uh, i don't know how you're going to answer this then but he's this is his big speech that didn't happen and he's pleading with people that we have to look for the truth because if we don't, who will? Oh, and when he oh, gets to that yeah, point, yeah. he looks right directly at the, at the camera. That's right. Yeah. Do you think this is too heavy-handed or was this a good risk? I think this is too heavy-handed. I'm sorry, that is one of Oliver Stone's problems is he can be, he, he can often have interesting messages, interesting ideas, but he, I think he thinks the audience isn't very smart and that they mm. need, he needs to stand in front of them with the message and intent of the film engraved on a sledgehammer and hit them in the head for the length of the movie. That's how I yeah. felt after Natural Born Killers. But uh, yeah, I didn't see. That. I with, think that was. Wait, too doesn't much. that have Woody Harrelson in it? Yes, His father was a tramp. Coincidence? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I would say, yeah, that was. I thought that was too much. What about you? It's same thing. When you yeah. break that fourth wall, you're basically. You're taking people out of the film. So I'm not even going to say that I agree with your reasoning that you're saying that the, the, you don't have much of a respect for your audience. I agree that that is true. 
But stylistically, when you break that fourth wall, yeah. you're taking people out of the film. And while he's Stone is trying to get people to you know to accept this responsibility that he's placing on us, as if he has a right to do that, he's breaking the narrative, and he's making us think about how this is not a film. You know, this is an actor talking to us specifically, and I I don't think it works um, stylistically. There's a few other things here that are questionable. So, for example. Do you think this movie is presenting truth about a conspiracy or is it pro-Kennedy propaganda or both? I think there's a little of both. I think that, that because this really is, look, I grew up in the, we both grew up in the Northeast and around yeah. here, Kennedy was practically canonized. Yeah. And my mother almost got into a fight at a party when she actually dared to badmouth him. Because he was not a flawless... He almost no. got us into World War Three. Yep. And a lot of what he... Well, okay, I'm not going to get... Let's not get into this. Yeah, but, we just want to talk about the yeah, movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of pro-Kennedy propaganda here. There's a lot of like how... And this is... It's very 60s. It's like, man, the whole spirit of the country died with Kennedy, man. Well... And there's, I think that... They talk, I mean, Garrison says that. He says it, X says it. He says after Kennedy was shot, something changed. This, by the way, I don't think is entirely untrue. No, I the don't The tenor either. of the country changed a lot after the death of Kennedy. I think a lot of, a certain amount of innocence yeah. died. Was, because, of course, that was followed not that long after, less, you know, 10 years after with Nixon. Yeah, who was and, supposed to have won over Kennedy. And yeah, yeah. They reminded us, because I, I knew it was a narrow victory. I didn't realize how narrow. 100,000 votes, that's yeah. it. By the way, that's Ooh. one of the reasons the mo alleged, allegedly the mafia was so mad at Kennedy, is they um, helped in a couple of key states, including helping, say, dead people vote. And <laughs> well, with, you know, some dead people can't yeah. get to the polls. This is, again... <laughs> Allegedly, allegedly. And su supposedly, they were doing this in part so that hey, look, we'll have a friend in the White House, and then he sets up the, uh, you know, he and he makes Bobby uh, Attorney General, and Bobby goes after organized crime hard. Yeah, I, some of the things they say that Kennedy was going to do um, sounds sound pretty good. Basically, yeah. it's like Vietnam's stupid. Let's get out of there by sixty four. We'll have everybody home, which yeah. would have been. Shall we say that would have been nice? <laughs> yeah, but I don't know how accurate that is. I don't either. Yeah. And so that's why it's like, is this probably... The other thing, too, is that we're only seeing one side of this. We're seeing yeah. Garrison's side, which, to be fair, Stone felt hadn't really been seen before. But without any kind of counterpoint at all, yeah, it feels very one-sided and... I want to say that if you are a thinking member of the audience, you're going to at some point in this film go, yeah, but wait, wh what about this? Yeah, because a lot of it, it's all, anything that casts doubt on what Garrison is saying is all, oh, the testimony was changed, or these people were killed, or, yeah. the, or you know, this they're just obviously lying. Yeah. I mean, about a hundred material witnesses died of unnatural causes pretty shortly after all that, so yeah. there's... Kind of a big coincidence, anyway. And also, stylistically, yeah. there's some things that that, that uh, Stone does that I'm like, really? So this testimony, a lot of this testimony, 
literally only shows up in the courtroom scene at the end of the film. And even then, we only see it in flashback. It's literally yeah. Garrison going, yeah, remember when that witness told us that thing that we didn't tell you about? Well, I think it went something like this. Or even like this. that this person who isn't testifying, a lot of this is they aren't testifying in court, but they told me, it's like, yeah. you're offering an awful lot of hearsay and speculation as as hard evidence. And I got to say, as depicted in the film, Garrison's entire case is pretty much conjecture. Yeah, that's the thing. He has almost no, he has nothing solid. He has nothing, almost nothing concrete. We have Willie O'Keefe, the best witness against Clay Shaw, yeah. who's not a real person. And there's literally nothing set except him going, yeah, I saw him there. We did this thing. Yeah. We did that thing. And you know what I'm talking about? Did a whole lot of that thing. And that's it. Um, there's a character in here I wish got a little bit more screen time just because I found her interesting. Her, she's an assistant DA with uh, uh, Garrison. Her name oh, is yeah. Susie. That's all we know. She seems really competent. And it's like, oh, I want to know more about her. But yeah. she's kept to the background. And there's a couple of giant, giant chunks of expository dialogue. And Donald Sutherland, as much as I like him, and I do not fault him at all, he literally shows up a little past the halfway point and says... Right, we got to get this movie going. Okay, I, it is I, Colonel Plot Point. And he takes a deep breath, and more power to him. He does a great I'm, job. He does a great job, and I'm willing to bet that he memorized the whole goddamn thing. Yeah. But if you look at that scene, it is literally the main character, the guy we've been following for about two hours at this point, sitting on a bench watching Donald Sutherland <laughs> lay out the entire yeah. plot we, of the we film. We get a few. We get some footage interspersed of like. You know, artists' rendering of what may have happened. Yeah, but it's true. It is one big info dump. Yeah, and never mind. It works, but then you think about it. It's like he's giving you no proof. You don't know. Testify. This, this he won't testify. He won't say anything publicly. We don't. Who do? Who is this guy? He won't even really give. He won't even give Garrison his real name. Trust no one except this guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's a, that's a little much. The only other point in this movie I had some trouble with, and it was a personal one, and that is when when Bobby Kennedy is assassinated, Mrs. Garrison just goes, "Oh my God, you were right." Yeah, and it's like, okay, I completely support you now, and I don't mind ever. It that's an incredible emotional one eighty over. What was probably an unrelated assassination? I mean, Sirhan Sirhan, there, you notice there isn't the huge conspiracy theory around Bobby Kennedy's death. No. Because there's really, as, as far as I know, not much evidence for it. Yeah. I, and also, it doesn't, it's, it's just really a big waste of Sissy Spacek because she does a great, it, for a tiny role, she does a great yeah. job. She, I, she yep. I really respect her as an actor, and I wish we got more of her. Yeah. Um, that whole thing, I really wish there had been less of Garrison's personal life because it really detracts from the main point of the film. And while I understand it being important, it's like, are you talking about the conspiracy or are you talking about Garrison? Yeah, it's like he couldn't, they couldn't quite make up their, Stone couldn't make up his mind entirely about what he wanted to do with that. And it's not that Garrison might not have been a very compelling, interesting figure who had some important things to say. But every time he brought in the kids and the and the wife into this film, it felt like we're just diverting from the See, stuff it's, that it we're suddenly becomes in. another movie. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, we are, dude, boy, we are yeah. down on time. Uh, hopefully, the, if you have any notes left, we can sort of work them yep. into the yeah, end yeah. part. But shall we get to the end part? Let us get to that. The finish. So, Max. Yes. Did you see this when it came out? I saw it in the theaters when it came out. And do you remember your reaction at the time? I was I was pretty impressed. I mean, again, I did feel, I'd seen a couple of Oliver Stone movies, and I did still feel like, ow, my head is har- is aching <laughs> from where you were trying to pound the message in. Did you Jack Klugman when you came out of the theater? Who do believe this? I did not. I did not quite go Klug man. But, uh, <laughs> you didn't Quincy? Okay. I did not Quincy. But uh, I remember thinking this. it was a disturbingly... If you took all the information as, you know, abs- as accurate yeah. and provable, it made a really compelling case. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, over time, it's like, well, he kind of glossed over this, and this is kind of qu- a little iffy, and this, but uh, I remember really enjoying it. I thought it was just very effective and very powerful, and again, did not feel like three hours long. And have you seen it since then? No, I don't think I have. I've seen like a scene here or there, but this is a movie you have to brace yourself for. You know, sit down, hunker down, get yourself some supplies. and Yeah, and, and there's watch. no intermission with a happy theme in it or anything. <laughs> no, we don't <laughs> all, do, do, Let's do, all do, go do, to do, the do, lobby. <laughs> yeah, none what, of that. What about, what about you? Did well, you well, see well, it? Well, no, no, Sorry? No. Oh, How yeah. do you think about it now? Because you just watched it I think it holds show. up. I, I do notice a few more flaws like we talked about. But I think it's still very effective and very powerful. And it, even if you don't accept it as gospel, it raises a hell of a lot of interesting questions that a lot that really haven't been answered. What about you? Did you see it when it came out? Nope, I have never seen this film. Okay, until what, uh, for this show. And how did it work for you? Um, I think in general, I'm going to agree with you. I think it is a very powerful film. I think it's a very compelling film. I think it is flawed. Um, I think that when you, when any film that's got to have, and I think it's literally a 10 minute scene of info dump with Donald <laughs> Sutherland. And the only thing I have against it is ex- it's an exposition and nothing more. I love Donald Sutherland. He is wonderfully creepy. He is wonderfully compelling. Um, I could probably watch him all day, but it's, you sit there and you watch Kevin Costner taking notes about what G- uh, <laughs> Donald Sutherland is saying for 10 minutes. Yeah. That's all he does. He doesn't even talk. He's just like, Oh, no. Oh, really? He doesn't even get it. Yes, yes, I see. Yeah, and at the end, he's like, so you're going to come testify? He's like, no, everything I said is just conjecture. Be gone. And that's, it's, oh, <laughs> so literally nothing you just told me I can use. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think Costner makes a good choice. I find him dull, and I think he's emotionless and cold. Um, I would, again, there's lots of other actors I would much rather have seen in this part, some of whom were in this film, and yeah. one of them might even be Max. Um, <laughs> but that being said, after 30 years, I think that it does make you question things, especially if you're somebody who knows that the assassination happened, knows there's a conspiracy theory, but you don't really know much about it. The problems I have are that it is presented almost as if this is what really happened. And, and this is both a plus and a minus, it's a movie that makes you feel smarter without actually doing so. Uh, that's interesting. And I think that can be really dangerous. So hats off to Oliver Stone. He is a very, very competent director. 
because he can make you sit there and be entertained and interested, even past some pretty, I think, flagrant flaws. And yes, if you haven't seen this film, by all means, check it out. Yeah, it is. Go see it. It's, it's a vacation. Seeing. It's worth seeing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you've got, you know, a lot of time on your hands, it's. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we should uh, recap that poll question we we'd should. like you to answer. And uh, that poll question is. We'd like to know, is there a movie you think is really good, except for that one important miscast role? I don't uh, know what made me think of this uh, question. How strange. Yeah, how strange is it? We would like to know, and how would we like to know? We would like to know by having you email us directly at hmm. us at maxmikemovies.com. Yes, please. You can go to our website, which is maxmikemovies.com, and leave a comment where you can talk about how wrong we are about Kevin Costner or how right we are about Robert De Niro or anything else. Give us a, uh, an idea for a new series or a film that we should include in a series, something like that, anything. Uh, if you'd like, you can find us currently in social media circles on Facebook and Twitter, but that uh, Elon thing is getting a little iffy again, so mm. we may have to escape again. But anybody who wants to... Hey, not just Instagram. If there's a social media platform you think we should be on that we're not on, give us a comment. We'd love please, to hear it. Please not TikTok. Except for TikTok, because that's... <laughs> yeah. We don't, we don't dance. We're not going to do the TikTok. But, uh, Max, we're yeah. still in the midst of a conspiracy, a big, fat, juicy conspiracy. That's what, what they want you to think. Oh, Max, wait. it's you. Right. <laughs> what do you want we us to think, us? Max? Oh my God, are we them? Uh, no, those are giant. We have ants, met the but... enemy, and they am us. <laughs> <laughs> we be they. Yeah. Um, what uh, What movie are you going to watch next week? For well, this, this one's uh, in some ways a little more lighthearted. It's more sort of a black comedy, a spoof called Wag the Dog. We, yes, with a couple, a bunch of unknown actors. Uh, some guy named uh, Spobert De Biro and uh, Rusty yeah. Hofstadter. I don't know. Robert De Niro, Dustin Hoffman, Dennis Leary. It's a surprising cast. Wow. Yeah. I guess we'll be surprised by what, in fact, wags a dog. I always thought it was the butt. But if you want to find out what wags the dog, show up next week for our exciting episode. Next week, be sure you come back and to the left. Back and to the left. <laughs> Fired! This has been a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench. Music